Welcome, everyone, to a bonus episode of There Will Be Dungeons. We do these for you, those who have supported us as Dungeons Plus members over at therewillbedungeons.com. If you're hearing this and you aren't one of those people, that means you're getting it a week late, and that's a bummer because we'd rather hear, yeah, hear it early plus get all the other benefits. So if you're getting this late, go check it out, therewillbedungeons.com for details. Uh, what we usually do around here is ask a bunch of questions. They come into us via the website, so go on over there to the same website and send us those questions. You can also use the Discord, you can use Twitter, all kinds of places they get pulled from. And Kristen compiles them and then reads them here on the show and asks, uh, asks us questions based on what you guys want to know. So, Kristen, take it away. All right, first question today. We know it's called There Will Be Dungeons, but where be the dungeons? <laughs> Deep in Phlogiston space, there's a prison called Pentel Vice. Ooh. That's I don't think they're caught up because I, I would say the entire year of 2019 consisted of one dungeon and we were. Oh, yeah. yeah, there was. Yeah, there will be dungeons was <laughs> completely lived up to as a title last year in that we stayed in that dungeon most of the year. Mm-hmm. But it may have felt to them. I mean, maybe they're not caught up, but it may have felt to them like, oh, man, we've been in here so long. It's almost like it's a world unto itself. And it kind of is. But it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like Diablo or Yantra randomly generated cave and then get out of it there's sometimes yeah, there's more I mean, to it there the dungeon aspect of dungeons and dragons is very variable you can have a campaign without any dungeons in it and there are mega dungeons like um what's that was it water deep that like it has a whole it's basically a whole world into itself that's how large the dungeon is so you just never leave the dungeon <laughs> like you just live in that dungeon basically for the duration of how long you might play yeah so, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of variety. But yes, uh, there will be dungeons. From a, from a uh, video game standpoint, it used to annoy me when, say, something like World of Warcraft would have an outdoor dungeon. And I don't, it doesn't annoy me now, but it used to because I had it in my head that a dungeon was a certain kind of thing. It was yeah. either underground or in a castle or somewhere that's hard to get to and you got to get into it. And, and then it's dark and dank and lots of twisty places and hallways and stuff like that. You know, this stereotype of what a dungeon is in a fantasy setting is what I was always locked into. And I think part of that's because of like wizard or uh, wizards, wizardry. What was it called? The game back in the day where you just move one square at a time and mm-hmm. first person I mean, but thing. That's, that's what D&D it was at its inception. It, it was. It was for sure. Pulls on the ground. And you can dudes, totally you know? do that. Like you can run all kinds of just single dungeon campaigns or campaigns that are full of these kinds of dungeons. It's just that once you realize that the con or the construct can can be taken to other settings. It can be underwater. It can be above ground. It can be in a place that you normally just hang out in, but now the whole place is a place where you're fighting. Like there's no rules about what a dungeon is. These encounters happen all over the place now. So I don't know, you know, our show being called there will be dungeons is it is, it is leading. It would lead the mind to go, Oh, they're going to just be nothing but dungeons, but no, it's not how we do it promise for the future that there will I, be I will future. have it known though that Varel jumps every time we enter a dungeon oh like jumps in excitement <laughs> no like as the loading screen hits mm-hmm. oh right yeah. oh yeah <laughs> you always jump through the portal <laughs> yeah that's a good point is, is there any other way to to instance in I don't think so yeah mm. just like Mega Man through a boss door you should be in the air or you're doing it wrong yeah what are you sliding sliding is acceptable too where it is it I think so. I've never really played a hardcore, like, meaningful run through any Mega Man. 
games. Well, that's a sad thing. I know. I feel bad. Maybe I, I mean, it's not like they're not available to me in some form. I could probably pick it up and go. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, thank you all for such a wonderful tale. I look forward to the new episode each week in my feed. And it's brought me several honest to goodness and much needed LOL moments, as well as many other feels. As for my question, if I recall correctly, at the start, Scott was doing all the sound effects and background music slash noise on the fly, so to say. Is that still the case or are you doing stuff in post? Everything blends so well. Not that it didn't sound good early on, but now it all seems scripted and planned out. But that would mean Scott knows what Bo has planned, which I don't think is the case, as then he would know what's coming. How do you keep all the different effects organized on ready to go? Thank you again for the show. Okay, this is a great question. I'm really glad they asked it because one of one of the reasons I like it is it makes me feel good about where it's at right now. So in the early days, I was like, all right, I'm going to have all these stereotypic effects ready and under, you know, music and bed stuff and all these things just ready because who knows what Bo will say and maybe one of these will work and, you know, I kind of winged it. And yeah, it was okay and you're right, it was all real time then but none none of that has changed it's still real time it's still done as we play um the difference now is we've done this long enough that i was i think i just have a better sense of where we're going based on where we were last week what i should be set up for things bo will say in real time will make me go "Ooh, it'd be cool if we did this and i will right then be ready to do what we need to do um because i've also collected a ton of stuff since then that i use during the show. So it's still real time. It's still none of it's pre-planned. None of it's based on any info we're getting from Bo. I just have this stuff at the ready as best I can. And it mostly works. There's times where I just don't have anything. I'll give you an example. We had a minecart thing happen today and I would have loved to have uh, had something on hand. I just didn't. That would have sounded like a bunch of cool minecarts flying around um, just to kind of put people's minds in that place. But Outside of that, I found, you know, I didn't know we were going to be at the River Sticks. We got there and I immediately went, oh, I got a bunch of great wave stuff for this, like uh, sounds of waves and water bubbling up and other things, you know, creaking of the sounds of the, of the sails and the parts of the boat and that sort of thing. And so I just try to have it all kind of on, at my fingertips in some, in, some, in some way. And if it's coming off as well planned, then I'm that makes me really happy to hear that. Because that's the goal. I want it to feel natural and organic and not not gimmicky or tacked on. Yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds no, like it works really an well, actually. Job. Yeah. And I also do this probably goes without saying because you guys don't. I mean, there's sounds you're going to hear as fellow teammates, but I don't have that audio cranked for for uh, for Bo or for any of um, any of us. It's all for audience stuff. So the, the idea is to try not to be too annoying like I don't want something in the background that's just like driving Bo crazy while he's trying to tell part of a story or whatever so the goal is just try to be subtle and quiet and in the back background and not bonk us over the head with it all the time and I probably did more yeah. of that in the early days than I than I do now so anyway, awesome job there's that all right, next question. I know Bo can't comment on this, but with the resurfacing of fan favorite characters in the last few episodes, Tedna, Pod, Bok Bok, and others, along with Lost Items, am I the only one who feels an endgame style battle coming? With every character who can make it, standing beside our heroes, maybe fighting against Hope's Horde. 
Mm, it's not scripted in that way, so I have no idea what's going to happen. And that's not just me being facetious. I literally don't know what the players are going to do. So I try not to plan too far in advance. Like, I'll plan locations and things of that nature, but um, I don't have an end game in mind. I have no idea what the end of the story even looks like. We're all writing the story as we go. You're like, you're the Stephen King of D&D DMs, is what you are. Because he does that too. Yeah. He has no idea how he's going to end a book. So he'll oh, just start yeah, writing around okay. it and eventually get there. And some could say that they, they notice that in a Stephen King book, that the endings aren't the best aspects of his books. But um, I could see why the listener would feel this crescendo, because I felt it a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Like if suddenly George Miller showed up again... <laughs> I would probably go, all right, Bo's doing something where they're getting the whole band back together. But up till now, it's just been these nice moments of, you know, finding pod again, or at least a version of pod was a really cool moment for me. And I love that stuff. Ted and I, yeah, whatever. Her husband, Roger. Yeah. (laughs) Roger is a name with one of the clowns on the council of clowns. Yeah. Probably no, no coincidence there, but yeah, like I, as much as I want to kick Ted into the curb, it's kind of cool to form he's in, in this timeline. Like that stuff's cool. Yeah, he's the what if uh, if it's the, if you guys died and he survived, right? Mm. Mm. He's a little cooler than he was. <laughs> and he doesn't have any lips. Mm-hmm. Nope. So nope. Does anyone uh, hope for a big end style battle, or are there any hopes for certain story arcs? Uh, well, Varel as a character probably does, right, Kyle? Like that's all he'll want. But what do you think as a player? Oh, geez. Like, who knows at this point? Because originally the goal was like maybe king of the desert or like I'd get all the goblins together and get them off their cars and put together a formal force. But now, I mean, Varel could become Star Fox for all I know. Like the the way we're going with space and multi dimensions, that's like watching the early episodes of X-Men and then you miss five seasons and all of a sudden they're like, Cable showing up from the future and like Storm and Wolverine are together and who knows what happened along the way. Mm-hmm. You just you, you embrace it. Embrace the ride. Yeah. I agree. John? Yeah. I, same thing. I had a very clear idea of what Stanley wanted at the beginning of this and all of it is out the window. So I don't, I have no idea at this point. It's just, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I know where, I know where Nash is going to end up. I'm not going to say, but I, no matter even what Bo does, I know where he's going. I know what's going to happen. Oh, well, that's Ooh. news to me. Yeah. <laughs> but because I, I honestly have, I, I don't have, I have ideas, but I don't trust them because if you pre-plan something, then you're biased towards that inevitability. And I, I don't like feeling that. I like, so I feel like that takes away your agency and your contributions to the story. If I'm trying, I don't want to push, like I want to guide you in certain ways, but I don't want to guide you to a risk. Like it's a game. We're playing a game. I know it involves combat and there hasn't been a lot of that lately, but we do have our big combats. It is a game. And so it's, I'm not trying to write a screenplay or a satisfying TV series or a movie with the resolution. I'm just coming to game time with game to play. And, you know, so the story is exciting for me too, because I don't know. And I feel it's better that way. And, and honestly, the reason why we're in the position we're in is you got your heroes made the brave decision to all sacrifice yourselves in Caravalon. I mean, it really wasn't supposed to go that way. You were supposed to pick one to die or find a clever way out of it altogether by perhaps getting Quizquaz into the beam or something along those lines. And um, that didn't happen. 
So, so the fact that we're on this galactic adventure has nothing to do with any pre-planning. When you guys decided, I needed to really rethink what we were doing because you did this crazy thing I couldn't expect. So, so this whole we're in the multiverse business. I mean, Nash time stuff was already in the works. That was a thing, but like, I didn't think we'd be here. Yeah. This wasn't planned. I'm just like, well, now we're in the multiverse, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens. And just like you, as the players, I'm also like, oh man, this is this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, when I say I know exactly where Nash will end up, it's not what Bo's going to do. I mean, I could get killed in an encounter and then that changes it. So that, that would change it. But mm-hmm. if I survive, I have an absolutely no what, how my final scene goes at least, in, at least know. in my head, at least in my head, not if he dies, that's different. If I'm dead, that's a whole different animal. But mm. if I live and the campaign ever ends and he's, you know, we're no longer uh, with these characters. I know ex- I have a plan. And it won't kill everybody else or take out the world or anything dumb like that. It'll, It'll be just kill a few. <laughs> <laughs> I just have an idea too how that might work, and some of it I may talk to Bo about ahead of time because we might be able to make it more dramatic. But, um, but yeah, he'll probably die though. Like he yeah, almost sleep on himself and kills eighteen lower level characters. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Don't give me any better ideas. That's All right, for the great DM, how do you design the bad guys to make sure that the encounter is doable and challenging at the same time? That laser that killed Squirt seems so OP. Do you check the party's HP and damage when you design an encounter? Um, I'm going to veto this one and say trade secrets. Ooh, Ooh. you're like a magician that won't tell a secret. Mm-hmm. There is a... It's not that big of a secret. I just I think it's too large of a conversation actually to have for mm-hmm. this particular show. Um, but, uh, Matt Colville has some pretty good content on modifying existing, like using the monsters of the monster manual as templates rather than, I just, I can't give the link, but search for it using the monster temp as templates and picking and choosing what you want for various things and kind of putting it together. So, um, you know, as the DM, you're not like, oh, I can only use the monsters in the book as the DM. I can literally do anything I can want. I can make a baby have a thousand HP and give God itself one HP. If that, I mean, it would not be a great idea and it would probably not result in a lot of fun, but um, you don't have, it's not rules like other games where it's like, that's not in the rules is the DM. You have license to literally do everything. Just don't break the trust of your players. That's pretty much it. And you do that by following the rules that affect them, but certainly you don't have to follow monster stat blocks at all. So, um, I don't, most of the time I feel my encounters are extremely doable and then the party finds them extremely challenging. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm glad from the outside. It looks, it looks good. Uh, thank you for confidence. We are a pretty unoptimized party in some ways, but that's also the charm of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scrappy do-gooders. Yep. I know Scott said he would not want to be a DM for D&D, but what about one of the Warhammer 40k RPGs? Oh. And have you guys thought of one of the other RPGs for a one-off between seasons? Well, Bo's talked about um, Cyberpunk for a long time and, you know, mm. at some point some kind of science fiction based thing. But just to the 40k mention, um, I am completely enamored, enamored with that world, but I've never once played the tabletop game. I've never painted a figure. I've never done any of the the things that you see around the periphery of that experience. But 
I play almost all the games that come out, even when they're bad. Um, I just love the setting and the idea, the concept, and just the, I don't know, everything about the vibe and tone of uh, 40K. In a lot of ways, our campaign mimics some of that in my, in my head, at least tonally, and I love that. So, um, yeah, the answer is yes. But I don't know when <laughs> I don't know when that would be. <laughs> Those are also really hard to do online because that game is all about a figure and a tactical board and and movement rules and you know like we have there are rules in D anD D but there's a physicality to 40k that I don't think you can ignore. And the only time I ever see that streamed are people in a big room with a big table with all the stuff. Um, you know, Metzen does that with his when he was doing that before. Yeah, it's the, the war gaming, the, the actual war game of it. Right. That part of it is tricky. It's not so much a role playing game. So with the, the RPG, you probably do it without minis and stuff. Like it could be theater of the mind. They have RPGs for Warhammer. Yeah. And I would I would probably love doing that. But then again, that's also a much more predefined world in some ways. D&D is too in terms of the rules and the archetypes and all of that. But but this campaign that we're doing is so much fun with the characterizations and we kind of went nuts with, you know, our setting. I don't know if you can do that as easily in, in more hammers. So there's downsides. Yeah, I mean, to you, that. Can, you can do that. It's mainly just work investment at that point, but you're right that if you're doing it on a specific IP, there's probably expectations from the players about how that world works. Yeah. So I, I would think we would not want to vary it if we were just doing a one-off or two off. We want to keep it strictly by the book. So, um, no, it's possible. I, I think the challenge is just, uh, you know, it takes time to become familiar with rule sets. So I don't know much about uh, how that works. Right. You'd ideally want to have somebody who's done that, that work uh, run the game for you. Yeah. Mm. All right. Next one. We have an episode that gives us the Nash origin story. We went to see the Lizard Folk Kingdom and learned about Pharrell's people. We are digging deep into Hope's rise and fall from glory to maybe turn into a deity. Will we see or learn an origin story for Stanley? Are the elves from the latest episodes part of that storyline? I hope so. Maybe. I want to know more. <laughs> I want to know more about Stanley's origin. I mean, I will say this. It, Bo has not been secretive about the fact that I turned in uh, maybe too much backstory for Stanley. Um he has it and only recently did he ask for the document again. So could be, we're going in that direction. Um, I mean, I've, there've been hints in the story. Um, it's been revealed a couple times that his name is not Stanley Billings. Um, there's been little bits and pieces dropped here that his family died. Um, I can't remember what else is, has come up, but there, there's been hints. I don't know how deep we're going to go. I don't know how much of that's going to be in there, um, but it's something that I I like a lot. I like his backstory a lot, and I don't know. Maybe one day I'll write it, even if we don't get into it. I'll drop one little hint, but it do, that doesn't mean anything about what John will do. It's entirely up to him, but um, there were a lot of therapists in that empathy army. That's all I'll say. Interesting. What? It's what all about it's all about therapy now. Stanley oh. needs therapy? Stanley's traditionally a very sad character. That boy needs therapy. But <laughs> I love that. There's song. also elves and there's there's lots there for this is definitely for Stanley. Whoa. We we've we've done a lot of we've done a lot of um you know, we had Varel and Razak Ball and we had 
Pope's relationship, you know, with the tieflings of, of Tietkala <clears throat> and Nash is just a mysterious wonder kind, like whatever. But Wait, Stanley has the... been Scott, hmm? did you just is that like an old techno song? What the hell? Yeah, do you remember that song? That oh boy my God. That boy needs therapy. What a head trip. Yeah, I love that what? song. It's weird. It's oh. some old like I wouldn't even call it techno. It's more like a remix. It reminds me of you guys remember um, Art of Noise. It's mm-hmm. it's that vein of music. It's like a lot of sampling and talking and stuff with kind of industrial music. And that game is called or that game that that um, mm-hmm. song is. Is it just called The Boy Needs Therapy? It's ah, I can't remember. I, I'll, I'll track you it down and search for it. Yeah, I'll I'll it. share it with everybody. But it's just great. It's a great song. <laughs> But when you hear it, you're like, wait, I've heard that before somewhere. Well, can I Google that and find the answer? So Probably. Or not? The boy <laughs> needs therapy. Here it is. The avalanches? Uh, yes, and it's called Frontier Psychiatrist. That's it. I've never seen this before. That's a- right. Frontier Psychiatrist. Yep. It's great. It's real great. It's just a weird... It's was This kind of stuff is totally my jam. And I, 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 could, I would have more of it if they would make more of it. <laughs> Because I like weird, sample like, you guys know the Propeller Heads, Take California, that song? Take California. Anyway, same thing. It's like these old 50s, uh, you know, like, I don't know, they're congressmen from the 50s just saying things and they just mix it into like a techno song. It's just great. Hmm. Big fan. Well, speaking of weird slang and everything, I know Bo has changed many things in the Planescape multiverse. I just wondered what made him decide to do away with the planar cant. And there's a link here, this website uh, that I'm sharing with you guys. It is 90s beautiful, but it's got it's a dictionary of that cant. I always thought it would be amusing to listening, uh, amusing listening to Scott try and stumble over some of the phrasing. Uh, well, the cant is awesome, and the cant. Uh, cyberpunk, uh, not cyberpunk, but Planescape reminds me of cyberpunk. It's basically cyberpunk, but in a D&D fantasy setting. Uh, and um, essentially, you know, the slang, while very cool, is just hard to remember at mm. the end of the day. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, we we didn't go into this, like, this is going to be a Planescape campaign. I'm going to rehearse all this stuff. We just kind of, I was like, mm, where do you go when you traverse the Astral Sea? And, you know, I had to settle on some material externally where I'd been using mostly material that I'd been creating because a whole pantheon is very difficult to come up with on a week's notice. Um, and so I, I had every intent of using the slang, but it was just difficult and um, to remember. It was just a lot of the slang is not natural. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm flipping through it now. Bub, uh, Athar- the picture's empty. Yeah, like one of the slangs is Athar at the Spire, which means someone who seems to be invulnerable. So... I'm not going to remember that when somebody's invulnerable to say, Oh look, he's Athar at the spire. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, that's, it's just my, I just can't, you know? So, and what's good news about it is that while it would definitely help you guys feel a sense of place by speaking in the slang, it's not absolutely necessary. I still try to, re- I, I make a point of trying to remember, but as we get into the show, I, I, I just, I, and lose it. It's, we did a little. We called Nash a Burke about a hundred times. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean Burke's the big one, and what's the chant? Um, you know, what's the good word? Basically, um, those are the two big ones. Barmy is for an insane person. Mm. That's one that, and a basher. It's basically like in 
in cyberpunk terms, you'd be like a, a runner or something like that. You know, you're a bunch of runners doing a job, and the Planescape version of that is you're a basher. So you're in you're in sigil, and you're like, you know, you get signed up for a job, and then you hit the outland or the outer plains to do basher's work, which is kind of what uh, Hope is doing in a, in a way. Mm. But she's risen to the top with her newly found hand. Top of the bashers. Oh, yeah. oh, and there's one called the Bow Nasty, which is a so- slovenly fop, one finely dressed but dirty. Uh, so kind of like Stanley when he's dirty. He's a Bow Nasty. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Wow. Uh, with the vast majority of the world being a desert, uh, and this has to do with Hack Loman, where has Hack Loman been to have the Underdark as his favorite terrain? I didn't know the world of the Wastes even had an Underdark. Well, I know this was kind of discussed in the Discord, but it's still a cool question. Yeah, I don't remember we end, where we landed on all of that. When I made him, I just kind of picked stuff I thought was cool sounding. Um, but Hack doesn't, I don't... I don't have a good lore reason for Hack to have spent any time in the Underdark. So maybe I should make that or worry about that. But I think in the episode, we just were like, well, eh, he's good in dark, confined kind of yeah. spaces. And it's more of a, because he wears a stupid bandage. <laughs> <all the time. laughs> yeah. Kind of like he's, he's just, uh, I was leaning into the mechanic of it and wanting that more than I cared about him being in there. But, um, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to re- reverse engineer lore for characters a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes when you just make a comment about a thing or you hear somebody say something, you're like, oh, I could make a whole thing about that. Like, that's part of the fun. So I don't like having too much of that stuff in stone anyway. It's more fun to flesh it out over time. Yeah. And then does Hack Loman have any tattoos? Uh, he does, actually. It's funny. He's got one right in the center of his back. It is a uh, eagle but not the way you'd see it on a flag or something with its wings open. It's a diving eagle. Uh, so it's wings tight to its body, just in a very kind of missile looking, going straight down uh, eagle and uh, heading towards some kind of prey, like a rat or something. And that's it. That's his, that's his tat. No regerts. Yeah. No, <laughs> no regerts. <laughs> no regerts. <laughs> That's something he would do. He's kind of a yoga. Uh, another new so. slang that I quite like, just to jump in. Stretch him to the rakers means to put maximum effort to Deadpool it, basically. Oh, wow. I'm going to stretch him to the rakers. Rakers? Like raking leaves? Rakers? That kind of it's spelling? Rakers is short, apparently, for keel rakers. Oh, okay. Which is uh, comes from a Sithrani airship's captain command to go full sail. Oh. See what I mean? This is like not intuitive slang. I've got a, I'm like, what's Sithrani? And why is it important in the context of an airship captain? You know, like stuff like mm. that is like, you know, it's just like takes time to steep in it. And I'm not there to like, remember, stretch them to the rakers. Sorry, All right. And then last question. Oh, those are great. Um, have any of you considered live streaming yourselves, role playing your characters, playing a video game? Examples could include referencing core here. John playing as Stanley playing Love Esquire or Scott playing as Nash while finishing Resident Evil 2 or even Kyle role playing as Varel playing heroes. <laughs> I mean, look, the Kyle one I would pay to see. I would give I'm going to go sub your channel the minute you do it, Kyle. So get on it. Perfect. What would that even look like? I don't think I could do it. I think it looks like Kyle, but with a little more aggression. Yeah, maybe. There we go. You'll have to do quick match, though. I don't think that strategy is going to work. And probably a lot of chat. 
there would probably be a lot of like, this makes no sense. Why would he go to this? Lake? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I could do it. Um, but sometimes like I'm playing through um, as part of some core homework, I'm playing through Yakuza zero and uh, mm. it's fun. To, it's fun to settle in on a voice for what I think those characters sound like when they're not talking because they, they don't, the whole thing's in Japanese. There's no English. Uh, it's all English subtitles. And so anytime there is spoken dialogue, it's all Japanese with, with subtitles. And then there's plenty of times where they're not saying anything. It's just words under them and you're clicking through them kind of animal crossing style. And so I just have come up with what I think these people sound like and that's, and then it'll stick. And for the whole game, that'll be those people. So that I'll do, I do that now. Um, just cause it's more fun to have when you have a ton of text to worry about in a game, it's way more fun than just reading it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I'm never going to play through a game as Nash. I would just be, I'd feel so much pressure. I couldn't do it. Well, even if we only do chapter one, I think there's a world where Baldur's Gate three comes out. <laughs> we make our characters in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Bo makes us throw away items every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a favorite thing of mine. Yeah, he does like to do that. It's not intentional, but now that I look back, I go, "Yep." Uh-oh. Yeah, no kidding. Well, those questions, as always, amazing. You guys are amazing. Please keep those coming. Uh, email us. Uh, send them over Twitter. You can send them over the Discord. Discord, you can just hop into. Just go over to therewillbedungeons.com for more information on all of this. And uh, send us more of your questions. We love them. We do them every month. So check us out next month, about a month from now. Until then, everybody have a fantastic week. And we'll see you on our next regular episode next week. We'll see you then.